welcome back and happy Mother's Day. This is the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast, the post-race edition. Now, normally I record these podcasts, as you know, right after the race and try to post them a few hours after the checkered flag. However, last night I tried to do a remote podcast with Jordan Bianchi from SBNation.com. And since I'm in a hotel in San Antonio, Texas, my internet didn't seem to be up to speed to connect via Skype to record that. And uh, I wasn't able to connect with him. So I've enlisted a special co-host for today's post-race podcast to talk about Kansas and why I wasn't at Kansas in the first place. And that is my wife, Sarah Gluck. Sarah, how are you? I'm good. Okay. Um, she wasn't thrilled about waking up to find out that she was going to be on the post-race podcast today because she went to bed while I was still writing the stuff and um, woke up to this news that she is podcasting. So um, you look thrilled, Sarah. No, I'm fine. I don't mind doing it. Okay. So Sarah uh, graduated from college yesterday sometime while we were driving 11 and a half hours from Albuquerque to San Antonio toward our eventual destination of Charlotte. She missed her graduation because she um, fin- was finishing up her internship in Albuquerque um, all the way up until Friday evening. And then she wasn't going to be able to make it back to Charlotte, even if it was a plane flight in time to walk for her college graduation. So that's uh, a shame, but she didn't seem to mind too much. And um, now we're breaking up our road trip on the way back, right? Yes, we are. And it's going super fast. I felt like yesterday went by fast. So hopefully the rest of the trip goes well. Yeah. Well, we listened to uh, another podcast, S-Town, on the way. We're almost done with that. But would you recommend that to people? or? Um, I think so. We only have one episode left and I feel like it's good. It's a little bit all over the place, but I'm curious to see how the last episode is to see what happens. Yes, we will listen to that today. We're driving to from San Antonio uh, to Houston. We're going to make a little detour to Austin on the way. We're, we're, we're going to Houston because post-race podcast sponsor Samtech is there. And I'm always talking about Samtech and I felt like, well, I should at least stop by. Um, so we're going to do that tomorrow morning. You're going to check it out too? Yeah, I'm really excited to see it, and I'm glad it works out that on our drive back we'll be able to stop. Yeah, and then we're going to go to New Orleans and on to Charlotte from there. So we'll break up the drive and have a few good little stops. So, um, Sarah, I made you watch the race last night instead of go down to the Riverwalk or have a cool dinner. We um, No, I wanted to go to this cool restaurant where you could get flights of sangria, but... No, that didn't happen uh, because we had Chick-fil-A in the hotel room after 11 11 and a half hours of driving uh, because I wanted to watch the race. And uh, I'm I'm glad we made it in time for Green Flag. I wouldn't have gotten stressed out or anything, right, if I had uh, not, if we'd been still driving? Yeah, you were like, oh, it's fine if we don't get there at the start. And I was like, yeah, whatever. We need to get there before it starts or you're going to be stressed out. Yeah, Sarah knows me a little bit well um, after seven years or whatever it's been. Um, I try to, you know, chill about this stuff sometimes, but when I'm not in front of the TV or when I'm missing something, I tend to get a little bit stressed about it and just feel like um, a strong sense of uh, duty or, or whatever is 
I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I get a little bit cranky if I'm, if I feel like I'm missing something. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. (laughs) All right. Well, um, let's talk about the race because you were here and watched uh, some of it. Uh, a lot of it. I mean, you were you were on your phone and watching the race. I mean, I guess that's probably how a lot of millennials <laughs> watch the race these days. I was half watching. I was looking at my phone while kind of looking up every now and then. And what, um, I mean, did, did you feel like, you know, I know you try to watch some races sometimes and you're like, this is boring. Did, did this race keep your attention? Would you have voted yes in the was it a good race poll? Yeah, sure. I mean, there seemed to be um, a lot of stuff going on, a lot, a lot of excitement. So I feel like it was, it's been better than other races that I've watched. Yeah, I mean, for a mile and a half race, especially at Kansas, um, I'll tell you what. The I haven't done the was it a good race poll. I'm gonna do it right after the um, the podcast and put it out there. But so we don't know the percentages yet. But um, the last Kansas race last year was fifty fifty. So that was one of the lowest races all year last year. Um, and so I think this spring Kansas race will be certainly well above that. I, I would say it might have a chance to be in the 80s. I, I'm not sure. What do you think? I don't know, but who won that race? Kyle yeah. Bush, right? I think Kyle Bush won that race last year. Okay. I feel like some of your polls, you know, depending on who wins the race, can sometimes affect your poll. If a driver wins who somebody doesn't like, they'll just say it wasn't a good race. No, that's true. I mean, in some ways, I think that affects it maybe, you know, 10 to 15 percentage points at time, at times, especially if it's, um, you know, Joey Logano or Kyle Busch or something. But there have been, you know, there's been popular winners, too, like Martin Truex Jr. last year at the Coke 600. That was like one of the worst races all year. He completely dominated it and everybody said it was a terrible race. Um, and people like Martin Truex Jr., but, you know, it was still at the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's true. You don't have to agree with me on everything. I just... <laughs> no, it's fine. So speaking of Martin Truex Jr., though, uh, were you happy to see him go to victory lane? Yeah, uh, I was happy to see him win. I was kind of pulling for him to to win. No offense, Ryan Blaney. Um But yeah, no, I was happy that he won. I feel like he's a good guy, and I feel like him and Sherry do a lot of great work with their foundation, so I was happy to see him win. Yeah, I mean, I know the kids are close to your heart. Uh, They do a lot of stuff with um, kids with cancer and uh, their Catwalk for a Cause events coming up this week, so that always seems to catch your attention, I've noticed. But one thing about the race was that I think a lot of people will, will be talking about was the scary crash um, that really was quite terrifying. I mean, especially for these days, not on a restrictor plate track. Holy cow. You know, I mean, that just you just don't see those type of wrecks if you're not at Daytona or Talladega. Yeah, no, it was crazy. Like I was looking at my phone like right before it happened and then that got my attention and I I'm glad that Eric Amarillo's car didn't hit uh, Joey's car in the door. You know, it hit up front and not in the door. Cause I feel like it, things could have gone worse for Joey if he had been hit there. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It seems like when he was coming in at full speed like that, um, he did hit sort of the engine part or the front part, the nose on the side of, of Logano's car. If he had hit driver's side right there, that could have been bad. 
Um, I mean, as hard as he hit for the, for the wheels to come off the ground. And then um, for for everybody to watch him be cut out of the car, uh, that was that was pretty bad too. I mean, I have been covering it since 2004, and I haven't been around since a driver has uh, had to be cut out of a car. I believe Nate Ryan um, was was pointing out that Jerry Nadeau at, at Richmond in a practice uh, incident in 2003 was the last driver to be cut out of the car. So it's been a really long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's scary. I mean, even though they're saying, oh, he's fine, you know, when they're still, when they're having to cut the car apart to get him out, um, I, I think it's still scary and hopefully he's okay. I saw some pictures of it afterwards and he looked like he was in a lot of pain. So hopefully he's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of weird because I mean, the TV is trying to reassure you where they're saying, oh, you know, he's talking and he's conscious and all that stuff. But it doesn't mean he's not injured and, you know, certainly his back could have, you know, come down in a bad way with, with landing like that. And, and I think there's a lot of concern there. So hopefully, you know, as, as of recording this, all the only news that we have was a, a update at one thirty Eastern last night uh, that just said he's being held overnight in the hospital for observation, but there was no details on what his injuries were. They said he's in stable condition. So obviously the best for him. And, you know, you think about his family in those situations and things like that, two young kids and his wife, I mean, that, that must be very stressful for them, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I get paranoid when you drive to races because I'm always worried about you getting in a car wreck. So I feel like, I mean, if that would have been you in that wreck, I, I mean, I would be freaking out. I don't know what I would be thinking. I mean, it's just scary. Well, um, after the wreck, um, they interviewed two people, Joey Logano and Danica Patrick, um, outside the care center. I think both of us were sort of struck by the difference in the tone of their interviews. Joey Logano came out and was very solemn talking about Eric Almarola and how he hoped the best for them. And, you know, Joey's sort of a villain at times for NASCAR fans, but, you know, it's, and this is not really a moment where you're like trying to get fans, but just his natural reaction, I think, um, people could uh, relate to that a little bit better. And then Danica comes out and she's talking about her bad luck and worked in a sponsor mention and, um, you know, how she was, even though she was initially mad at Joey and he said it wasn't his fault because something happened, but she was still sort of mad at him because it was him. And, you know, it, it just was. And then, and then at the very end, uh, she mentions Almarola like it was an afterthought and, um, I know it's an emotional sport, you know, um, she may have not even known everything that was going on, but I just don't think she did herself any favors with that interview. What was your impression of that? Well, after seeing Joey's interview where he was just, I felt like he made the whole interview about Eric and like, you know, saying how he hopes Eric's fine. And then Danica's interview, I don't know, I just feel like she made it all about herself and she's you know she's standing there talking about her bad luck while Eric Almarola's getting cut out of the car so it's just kind of like okay well you know you might have bad luck but he's having to get cut out of his car and then I don't get how like she yells at Joey like after the wreck which I get like it's heat of the moment whatever but then even afterwards when she was still mad at Joey, which I don't get because, I mean, that could have been anyone in the car. That could have been 
Dale Jr. or whoever, like, it's not Joey's fault that a piece of his car broke off or whatever happened. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like she could have been more sympathetic to Eric about it. And I just feel like she made the interview about herself. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, judging by Twitter, a lot of people felt that way. And, um, hopefully maybe Danica will come out, say something, you know, on Twitter. I, I, I saw an initial tweet, but it didn't, it seemed to be more, more the same sort of, but hopefully maybe she'll realize, um, that that didn't go over well or something and try to smooth things over. Cause, um, she has a, she needs to win the fan vote for the all-star race to get in next week. So that's not going to do her any favors, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, if she's trying to win that, I think a lot of people are kind of pissed at her right now from what I've seen on Twitter. People don't seem to be very happy with her. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a fair statement. Now, uh, another thing, uh, another shared reaction that we both had during the race, and I know got a, a visible reaction, uh, a vocal reaction from you as well, was at the start of the race, Daryl Waltrip, who, you know, let's be honest, you're not a huge fan of, and I, I don't really um, enjoy his commentary uh, often that much as well. So we can just say that up front. So maybe we're, we're predisposed to feel this way, but... He starts the race and it's the Go Bowling 400. And he says, Boogity, 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 let's go bowling, boys. Yeah. Well, I was kind of already half rolling my eyes when he started with the whole boogity, boogity stuff. And then when he said, Let's go bowling, I looked at you and I was like, Oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's just so dumb. And, you know, I, 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 yeah, go ahead. I'm trying to be nice. I just, I just think it's a little bit too much. My, my concern is, you know, we, we know a lot of people who aren't race fans, right? And you, you tell them to tune into the race. Oh, you know, you give it a chance, give it a chance, give it a chance. So this is their, if, if you're a new fan or you're trying to get somebody new to tune in, this is their first impression. They tune in for the race it's the start of the race and some guy starts yelling boogity 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 let's go bowling boys right good impression by the way but yeah no it's just like like you said if you know someone who doesn't watch nascar turns a race on and that's what they hear they're probably going to be like what the hell like what's bowling have to do with you know i mean i know it was a sponsor of the race but it was just too much. Yeah. I mean, just the boogity in general, uh, we're not, I, I think it's fair to say we're not fans of, um, but uh, I don't think that's any secret. You know, it's just, uh, I think Jeff Gordon does a great job. Um, I like Mike joy a lot. He's calls it, uh, very well. Um, I just, Daryl Waltrip, uh, is never, you know, I won't say never, but just in recent years, I just think started to wear on me a little bit as a, as a viewer when I'm at home, you know, when I'm at the track, I have my earbuds and I'm scanning the people. So I'm watching it, but I'm not really listening to the commentary, but I just don't think it's the best viewing experience. Yeah. I like the crank it up part. <laughs> yeah, that, that was good. Um, so Sarah, uh, like we said, we're in San Antonio. Uh, your the last time you were on the podcast was January. Uh, this was before Phoenix testing. We did a podcast 
about, I think it was like only the third episode of the podcast ever. We did a podcast about our new life in Albuquerque. It's crazy to think four months has gone by already. Uh, you had a good experience in Albuquerque? Yeah, it was really good. You know, I got here in January and I felt like, oh, I'm going to have all this time here. And then well, we're in Texas now. Right, right. I know what I'm saying at the time we did the podcast. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's my last day and I'm packing up. So it's bittersweet. Like, I'm really sad to be leaving Albuquerque. I really enjoy the city um, and I love the people who I work with. But I'm also excited to get back to Charlotte and see my apartment, which I'm sure is going to seem huge compared to the casita that I've been living in for four months. So I'm excited about that part. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we would have definitely stayed in Albuquerque and lived there um, if they had a job for you. Unfortunately, the internship was only four months, but um, Albuquerque, I mean, we really ended up liking that a lot. And I don't think we had huge expectations for it, but um, there was a lot to like about it. the food, the scenery, the weather. Yeah, no, I feel like some people, they have this like misconception that there's like nothing there. And um, when I got there, I realized, oh, there's like a ton of stuff to do here and it's really pretty. And, you know, yeah, there's crime, but I mean, there's crime everywhere. And I don't know, I enjoyed living there and thought it was great. And if they would have had a job to have offered me, I would have loved to have stayed there and lived there. And you binged watched um, every season of Breaking Bad while you were there and then went around to how many lo- filming locations to check it out? Uh, maybe eight or nine. I tried getting a picture of Walton Schuyler's house, but the owners of the house literally just sit out there in a chair and stare at you. So I couldn't get a picture the first time. So I was like, well, I'll go see some other locations and then come back. And then I came back a few hours later and they were still there. And they have like cones out in front of their house, and which I get, you know, maybe they don't like people coming by, but then maybe you shouldn't have moved into a house that was on a popular TV series show. But that's just my opinion. No, I know. I, I and then you said um, you'd given me a coupon to get the car wash at the at the car wash where Walt works. So I went there and then you said, oh, you got to go to Walt's house. Get me a better picture because you, you were still working at the hospital. And um so I drove by and sure enough, the people are sitting there in their garage on two chairs. The couple just staring at you with cones out in front of their house. So you can't stop and take a picture. I just wanted to move on. I was like, man, I mean, like you said, if you're going to live in a famous house that was on a TV show, why would you not? I mean, and you're like shooing people away. Yeah. And two, the city of Albuquerque, they have like two different kind of tour buses that will, you know, you get on the bus and they drive you around to all the locations. So it's not like they're not used to it. I don't know. I just, you know, why live there if you want to shoo everybody away and sit in your driveway to like me in the house all day? Yeah. So if you ever move back, if we ever move back to Albuquerque, uh, maybe we can try to buy Walton Skyler's house, maybe after we win the lottery and then we'll let people come over uh, and check it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying, like, come inside, but if you're just driving by to take a picture, I don't really see what's so awful about that, but... Anyway, so, um, Albuquerque was great, and, uh, on to bigger and better adventures. Hopefully, you're trying to 
find a job now you have applied to nearly 40 jobs or 40 jobs is that what you said yeah about somewhere between 35 and 40 um I had a job, a final job interview in Portland, Oregon last week that I feel like went really well and I should be hearing back from them this week if I got it or not. Um, I'm trying to stay positive about it. I think I got it, but at the same time, um, I can't take the child life certification exam until August. So, you know, a lot of hospitals won't hire you until that, until you have that, um, but some hospitals, like the one in Portland, they'll hire you as long as you get certified within X amount of time, like six months to a year. Um, so I'm not really expecting to find a job yet until I get certified. But if I could find a job before I even get certified, that would be really great and super unexpected, I feel like. Yeah. So just to recap, you on the completion of your internship and you're getting your degree, you're now a child life specialist. But most hospitals want a certified child life specialist, which requires taking an exam that's only offered twice a year. Right. Yeah. And to get the job, I mean, you have to be certified no matter what. But some hot, like I said, some hospitals will hire you, you know, with us on condition that you're right. going to get it on the condition that you get certified within six months to a year. And the certifications only offered three times a year, which is why I can't take it until August because that's, the, and you have to complete your internship before you take that. So that's why I can't take it until August. Gotcha. Well, uh, fingers crossed for getting a job soon, but um, no, I know, I know you're trying as best you can and you want a job and you're looking all over the country and you're so close to your dream though. This is really cool. Yeah. I never thought I'd get here. I mean, the child life field is so competitive and there's just like a million requirements you have to have before you could even take the certification exam. And, you know, you have to do an, int one of the things, you know, you have to do an internship and before you do an internship, you have to do a practicum as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. And the, especially the internships, they're very hard to get. Um, so I feel very lucky that I was able to find one and hopefully I get this job in Portland because I flew there last week and got to explore a little bit on Sunday and I you know I couldn't get in everything that I wanted to but it's just I don't know I love it there and it would be nice to live there so Sarah we need a hashtag for the podcast so people can talk about um what they're listening to. Uh, do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I have one. I think it should be hashtag let's go bowling. <laughs> but you don't, you don't have to agree. If you have a better idea, that's fine. <laughs> How about hashtag let's go bowling boys? Okay, that's even better. And then you can put the bowling emoji at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to put the bowling emoji, but just you can for fun uh, if you want. So hashtag... <laughs> Let's go bowling boys is the hashtag for this podcast. And uh, again, I want to thank Sam tech for sponsoring the post race podcast. Um, I'm very excited to check that out tomorrow and check out the programs they have there. And it, it was, they didn't say like, Oh, you need to come down here or something. Or, or I, I just wanted to check it out because I'm, I'm trying to do these reads and, feel like I know what I'm talking about, but I, I want to picture it and walk around a little bit and see what they have to offer there. So um, if you want to check out what they have to offer, 
and do some research on them. Uh, go to samtech.edu. Uh, maybe you have somebody that's trying to get started in the automotive field and they're able to place a lot of people, whether it's in um, NASCAR, NHRA, IndyCar, you know, performance shops all over the country. And uh, so anyway, I'm excited to see what they have to offer and, and check that out. And I know you'll be with me on the tour. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out and see what they're all about. So Sarah, thanks for joining us. And um, the 12 questions this week is going to be with William Byron. And then the social spotlight on Thursday is going to be with Matt Benedetto, who's trying to win the All-Star Race fan vote. And Danica Patrick may have done him some favors with her interview, as we talked about. <laughs> so maybe he has actually a, a decent shot. I've seen a lot of traction for him online. So we'll talk to him about that. Anyway, uh, until next time from a hotel in San Antonio, Texas, this is Jeff and Sarah, and we'll talk to you next time on Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.